We just want to thank you for the ways that, that you have engaged uh, with what God's doing here in Blaine. We thank you. And um, we know that we're, you might notice in the lobby today, there's some new signups. And, and as we move, uh, move into our new space downtown, um, it's an opportunity to jump into new ministries. And so I would just um, ask that if, if you're not currently serving, that maybe you take a look at that and maybe pray about which aspect of serving God might be calling you to do. So... All right, well, um, we're going to shift gears to our message today. I, I just want to say on the front end, the message is for kids and adults. So it might seem, if it seems a little sillier than usual, there's a, there's a reason for that. So let me pray. Lord, I just thank you for all the kids in this church. Lord, I thank you for the generation that you're raising, the, a courageous generation. Um, a generation um, that is going to chase after you, God, and love you. And so, Lord, I pray that you would uh, just help us to uh, love them well, God, um, as, a, as a, a generation of adults, um, God. And so we pray for, uh, just as we pivot towards your word today, um, God, that you'd speak to us, that you would uh, help us to focus on you, and help us to learn from your word. In Jesus' name, amen. So today... We're going to read three Bible verses. Uh, we're going to read three Bible verses. We're going to keep it a shorter for, for everybody. And, and we're going to read three verses first in the NIV translation and then the second in the message translation, just so we get an idea of what, uh, what we're looking at. And so um, if you would just either turn to or look on the screen, we're going to be in 1 John 2, 15 through 17 this morning. Here's how the NIV translates it. It says, Do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, love for the Father is not in them. For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life comes not from the Father, but from the world. The world and its desires pass away, but whoever does the will of God lives forever. Here's the message version. Don't love the world's ways. Don't love the world's goods. Love the world squeezes out love for the Father. Practically everything that goes on in the world, wanting your own way, wanting everything for yourself, wanting to appear important, has nothing to do with the Father. It just isolates you from him. The world and all its wanting, wanting, wanting is on the way out, but whoever does what God wants is set for eternity. This is the word of the Lord. So one thing you may know about me or may not know about me is I really enjoy jokes. I really like to laugh. I like to have a good time. Doing a message for kids is actually fun for me. I love it. Um, and and um, one comedian I, I really enjoy is uh, Brian Regan. Maybe you've heard Brian Regan. And one of my favorite bits of his, he talks about going to a dinner party and running into somebody that he calls a me monster. A me monster. It's someone who's all about himself and talking about himself. Uh, Brian tells a story, and, and this me monster says, that ain't nothing. That ain't nothing. He's always looking to top somebody else. And, and so, you know, Brian asks this question, what is it about the human condition that we always are trying to top somebody else? We're always trying to be better than somebody else. And he says, beware of the me monster. This Bible passage that we are reading also talks about a me monster. 
It's talking about a me monster. In fact, the, it says being a me monster is, is following the ways of the world. That if we just go on default mode and we follow the ways of the world, we become a me monster. We more things for myself, more attention, bigger and better things, being important. I think we see an example of me monsters in the, in the movie Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Yeah? yeah? Who's watched that movie? 1971, all right? The old classic. Uh, that's, that's the only version I've watched, so that's all I know. But if you remember, Charlie is this really sweet-hearted kid. Um, he saves up all his money and, and, uh, and just so happens to get a golden ticket to go to Willy Wonka's Chocolate Factory. But there's four other kids who are kind of selfish, right? They're, they just want more and more and more. And they want more candy, they want more TV, they want more attention. And I was thinking like, oh, that's a good illustration of what a me monster is, right? It's when, when, when somebody's really selfish. Those are good examples of a me monster. The Bible tells us that there's one me monster that's really important for us to think about. And that's the one that's like right in here. Did you know that we all kind of have a me monster? We all kind of have a me monster right here, right in our own hearts. That's why John says this. He says, don't love the world's ways. Don't love the world's goods. The love of the world squeezes out the love of the Father. The love of the world squeezes out the love of God. And so John says this is sort of like the default setting. It's like if you just go on autopilot for your life and just kind of follow what the rest of the world is doing, you too could end up like a me monster. We, when we want whatever the world puts in front of us. So here's a little test this morning. Here's, how, here's where it comes up. And you don't have to tell me the results. This is just for you. But how much time this week did you spend being thankful for what you have versus how much time this week did you spend thinking about something that you don't have but you really want? There's a part of us that is always thinking about what's next. Always thinking about what we want next. And sometimes we forget to be thankful. We forget to thank God for what we already have, what he's already done. You know what really doesn't help is ads, you know, ads out there. There was a recent study that's revealed that young people in America see an average of 3,000 ads a day. 3,000. That's 3,000 messages that are trying to get you to want something that you don't have. Like, when I see a pizza ad on TV, and it's moving slow, right? And there's sausage and pepperoni. What else is on there? Cheese, Cheese mushrooms, green peppers. I love green peppers. Green peppers on pizza. Oh, man. No, I... All of a sudden, I don't want anything in my fridge. That stir-fry I made last night, no thanks. I don't want it. I just want the pizza. Has that ever happened to any of you? Anybody? No? We got more and more pizza places in town, too. It's getting dangerous. It's getting dangerous. So it's so hard to escape this little me monster that we all have in our hearts. And so here's my first point today. We all fight the me monster. There he is, see? He's right there. He's peeking out. He got on my announcements. Okay. 
We all fight the me monster. John tells us not to love the world's ways or the world's goods because pretty soon we, we look like that guy, except maybe not the beanie part, right? But we look like that guy. And even after we choose to follow Jesus, we're still fighting against ourselves. There's still this struggle inside to want what we want. See, we have to choose not just to follow Jesus once, but to follow him every day. Every day. See, following Jesus, it's not like a magazine that you sign up for. It's not like, I'm going to check in every week with God and, and be good. No, we have to choose to follow Jesus every day. We have to say, yes, Jesus. God, what do you want me to do? How do you want me to live? What do you want me to do today? And think about the, all the messages we get that tell us to focus on us. 3,000 messages a day is 21,000 messages a week. Right? How many messages do we, how many times do we read God's word or, or listen to a message that points us towards God? So we have an uphill battle uh, fighting against ourselves. So we have to decide whether we will follow Christ every day. And that's this fun word called discipline. Whew. Who here likes discipline? Here I am giving a kid's message talking about discipline. Pretty rigid, sorry. No, discipline or training. We have to train ourselves to follow Jesus. We have to train our hearts and our minds to follow Jesus. Because if we're left to ourselves, I kind of think we all want to live kind of like cavemen, you know? Kind of like the Geico, you know, Geico commercials talks about the cavemen. You know, we kind of want to just do what we want to do. But when we follow Jesus, we're called to train. We're called to train to, uh, to read his word. That's why my alarm goes off at 4.30 in the morning. And I don't always get up at 4.30. What I've started to do is I've started to set my coffee pot to, to go off at 4.25 so that when I get up, I can at least have my coffee ready to go to greet me. And it, it's actually helped quite a bit. Um, but I get up at 4.30 in the morning because I want to have time to spend with God. I want to I have time to read the Bible. I want to have time to pray. And if I don't get up that early, sometimes the day just, whoop, it's, it goes away from me. So Paul talks about training in the Christian life. And this is in 1 Corinthians 9, verse 24. He says this, Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one receives the prize? So run that you may obtain it. Every athlete exercises self-control in all things. They do it to receive a perishable wealth, a perishable wreath, but we an imperishable. So I do not run aimlessly. I do not box as one beating the air, but I discipline my body and keep it under control. Lest after preaching to others, I myself should be disqualified. This is Paul's aerobic instructor speech right here. Get motivated. Stick to it. Have discipline. Pursue God. Chase him. Run like you want Jesus, right? Run towards him. Live like you love Jesus and know that one day you're going to see Jesus face to face in heaven. You're going to see him. So run for that day. Live to know Jesus more. Is what Paul is saying. And I, I can say this from the little bit of training that I do physically. I, I don't always like to get up early and work out or go for runs. But I can honestly say every time I do, I'm really glad I did afterwards. 
You know, there's that temporary, temporary discipline for big gain, right? You feel better. And when I talk myself out of, of working out, or when I talk myself out of spending time with Jesus, I, I always regret it. It's like, man, I really wish I would have stuck with it. So Paul says, stick with it. Stay focused on Jesus. Take every step towards him. Now here's the problem. When we do that, the me monster is not going to like it. All right? There's going to be some resistance. You're going to hear some voices that say, ah, this is too uncomfortable. Or, I just need a break and God will get it. If I just need a break, God will understand. But Paul wants us to stick with the plan. Every athlete exercises self-control in all things. We, we dis I discipline my body and I keep it under control. So when we follow Jesus, we fight the me monster and we tell it, no, that's self-control. That's, that's dying to ourselves. We, we say no. And we choose Jesus again and again and again. And Paul talks about his own life. He says, I'm a preacher. I talk about Jesus all the time. If I'm not living this life, my words mean nothing. My words mean nothing. John talks about how if we're walking in, if we're proclaiming light, we can't walk in darkness. It doesn't work. It has to be the total package. You can't claim the light and live in the darkness. And so Paul knows he has to train or he's going to get out of shape. Or those desires of the world, they're going to creep in. That's why he needs to keep his eyes on the prize, eyes on Jesus. And then everything else falls into place. No one ever said following Jesus would be a really easy thing to do. It's not. It takes discipline. And when we don't put that time in, sometimes our faith slips, doubt creeps in, and then the wants of the world become more and more attractive. John says that love of the world, it squeezes out love for the Father. It kind of pushes it out. See, God wants relationship with us. God, it doesn't say... It says love for the Father. God wants to love us, to let us exist in a love relationship with him. And if we love the world, we miss out on the love of God. We miss out. So we have to say yes to the love of God. That also means saying no to loving the world. There was this TED Talk. A guy named Ryan Holiday said this. You have to understand Everything you say yes to in this life means saying no to something else. Everything you say yes to in this life means saying no to something else. He goes on to say, The decision to agree to that coffee meeting means giving up an hour of reading. The decision to hop on the Zoom call means not hopping on the bike or getting some exercise. The, de the decision to stay up late and watch another episode of a TV show or scroll on your phone is saying no to a productive early morning. The de decision to go to some conference across the country means missing one of those meaningful moments with your young kids at home. This is the same thing in our relationship with God. When we say yes to our own selves all the time, we say no to Jesus. See, Jesus wants our whole self. He wants all of us. And life is about learning to say no to the me monster and saying yes to Jesus. You can't say yes to both. You, can, you have to choose. Because you know what? Jesus won't be a roommate with the me monster. He won't. He won't be a roommate. He loves us, and he may bring us back, but 
He's not going to stay if we keep saying yes to the me monster. This is my second point. God can't live with the me monster. He's back. He's back. Uh-oh. We can't live for ourselves and live for Jesus at the same time. Selfishness pushes out the love of God. Now, talking about roommates. So I live in a house with a dog and a cat. My dog is named Daisy. My cat is named Clovis. And um, the cat lives upstairs. And the dog lives downstairs. And they don't mingle. They don't. They don't get along. So they have territories. All right? The weird thing now is my kids want to get a fish. We're going to complete the circle of life. Um, but uh, pray for me in that. Pray for me. But it is. It's like the love of self and the love of God. It's like a dog and a cat trying to live together. And I'll let you pick which one is which, you know, if you're a dog or a cat person. But um, it's like trying to get two opposites together. It doesn't work. I like how the message puts it. Practically everything that goes on in the world, wanting your own way, wanting everything for yourself, wanting to appear important, has nothing to do with the Father. He says, it just isolates you from him. And you know what? I don't want to be isolated from God. I don't want to push God out. I want God right here. And I want God right here for each and every one of us, right? And so we have to choose God. We have to say yes to God. When he asks us to do something, we have to say yes to him. Now, if you're discouraged this morning, I want you to know that there's good news. If you feel like, man, I've kind of been a me monster. I want you to know there's good news. John says, the world and its desires pass away, but whoever does the will of God lives forever. That's really good news. That's forever. Forever, forever. All we need to do is open the door to Jesus. You know, because you know what? We all have been me monsters. And you know what we need to do? We all need to open that door back up to Jesus. And you know what Romans 5, 5 says? It says God is ready to pour his love into our hearts when we open ourselves up to him. So here's my last point. The desire for God is the antidote to the me monster. See, we took care of him, all right? Took care of him. Yeah, we got him. The desire for God is the antidote to the me monster. It defeats him. It comes down to your desire. What do you really want? What do you really want? What are you chasing after? Are you chasing after Jesus and what he wants for you? Or are there other things? You know, I heard recently that there's a lot of kids out there that want to be like YouTube stars. Do any kids out there want to be YouTube stars someday? I heard that. Like, uh, like Mr. Beast. I'm, not, I'm trying to be cool. I'm not that cool. Um, you know, but parents, we have those things too, right? Like next phase in our career, better homes and gardens. There's all these things that we want too. John says that everything that we want that's bound to this earth is going to pass away. Everything we want, all the importance, all the accolades, all the, th the stuff that we want that's like bound to this earth is going to go away. The only thing that's going to last is Jesus. So he's just saying, just be smart. Choose Jesus. Jesus isn't going away. God isn't going away. You will be with him forever. So choose Jesus. Choose eternity. You know what? Eternity is a long time. It's a long time. Choose that. 
Whoever does the will of God lives forever. I like how the message translates it. Whoever does the will of, whoever does what God wants is set for eternity. I like that idea of being set, right? I'm set. Like, I'm, I'm good. I'm secure. Everything is taken care of. I'm set. We like that idea because often in our lives, things aren't very set, are they? <laughs> things aren't set. There's a, there's a lot of stuff going on. There's a lot of stuff going on. But the promise of God is if we do his will, we'll be set. And I'm not just talking about eternity. We're talking about the here and now. There's this verse that I love, this teaching of Jesus. Jesus gave this huge sermon called the Sermon on the Mount. And in Matthew 6, 33, he's talking about, like, don't worry. Um, don't worry about your, the clothes you'll wear, the food on your table, because I will provide. And then Jesus ends with this. He says, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. I love this verse because it's so real. We wake up every day not knowing what will happen. We wake up every day with concerns and thoughts and places we have to go that we're a little scared to go to, work, school, whatever it might be. But God says, focus on me. Jesus says, focus on my will, and I'm going to take care of you. And I am going to take care of you. Desire what God wants, and he will not leave you hanging. Now, to be honest, sometimes it feels like he does leave us hanging a little bit, right? I think we live in a, in a culture that we get everything on demand, right? Everything instantly, fast food, shows, whatever we want. And sometimes it feels like God hasn't caught up to that whole idea of like instant, instant gratification. But you know what? God says trust us in those times that actually he's doing a work right here in our hearts when we have to wait. When we are lingering in difficulty, God's at work. Again, Jesus never said following him would be easy, and, and sometimes the results aren't in, instant. But if we keep seeking and we keep striving, we will, we will see when we look back the story of God written across our lives, this grand result of what God's done. And there will be a day where we will see Jesus face to face, and it will make sense, and he will comfort us, and he will dry our tears. And he will say, well done, my good and faithful servant. Jesus wants us to live for that day. Jesus wants us to take every morning, every afternoon, every evening with that moment in mind. When we see God face to face, when we see God face to face, God won't let us down. So if you're ready to say no to the me monster this morning, if you're, or if you just want to desire God more, let's just take a moment right now, and let's pray for that together, can we? God, we recognize this morning that there is a me monster inside of us, God. There is selfishness inside of us. And Lord, we want to say yes to Jesus and no to our selfishness. So Lord, help us. Give us the desire to follow you no matter what. And Lord, we pray for this in Jesus' name. Amen.
All right. The last thing I'm going to leave you with this morning is if you skip down to verse 24 in, in 1 John 2, John comes back to a word he uses again and again and again. It's the word remain. John says this word remain again and again and again. Like if you want to see God do things, you have to remain. Remain in him. He says in verse 24, As for you, see that what you have heard from the beginning remains in you. If it does, you will also remain in the Son and in the Father. And this is what he promised us, eternal life. Our job is to be faithful, is to remain, to keep going. Sometimes it's hard to keep going. Sometimes it's hard to stay faithful. When we're not getting the results we want, when life is tough, our call, though, is to remain don't go off track. Keep training. Keep going. I saw something crazy this week. When I was a kid, when I was in sixth grade, I wanted to play on the Seattle Supersonics when I got older. Come to find out there are no Seattle Supersonics anymore, and there's no way I was ever going to make the NBA. Um, but what I found out is it takes a lot of work to become a good basketball player. Did you know this? It takes a lot of work. Um, there was a study done that said um, that we estimate it takes on average 2.8 hours of playing basketball per day year-round, and you have to put up 333 shots daily from the age of 8 to 18 to make it to the collegiate basketball level. That's a lot of shots. I didn't take that many shots growing up. 333 shots. I'm not going to do any more math, but just imagine what that looks like over a month, over a year. We're not in school, right, kids? So you shouldn't do any more math. But man, think about people that put in that much work to become pro basketball players. How much more should we put in some training, some effort, some energy into following Jesus? So what I want you to do is to keep reading your Bible. What I want you to do is to keep praying. What I want you to do is keep asking questions. When we don't know, like, what does this mean? Ask questions. And what I want you to do is to continue to be part of this church as well. Or just a church. Continue to be around the people of God. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. God takes care of us when we stay faithful to him. And one last thing I would say is you're not alone. This is something we do together. We walk together. We encourage each other. We find out our spiritual gifts. We figure out how we are supposed to serve. When we, and we do this as the body of Christ. You alone are not the body of Christ, but you together with the rest of God's church make up the body of Christ. And God has a role for you to do. Let's pray as the worship team comes back, comes back up. Lord, I thank you for everybody in this room. God, I thank you for um, all the ways that you've been at work in our hearts. Um, Lord, I pray that you would continue to move, that you'd continue to uh, be at work, that you would help us, Father, to follow you even when things are tough. God, even, even when we can sense that, uh, you know, not, everything's, not everything is uh, going well, and, uh, we, we, or we feel that selfishness creep back in. So, Lord, I pray that we would say yes to Jesus, even in the hard moments, even in the moments where, where we feel stuck. Lord, help us to say yes to you, and we thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.
All right, church, let's stand up. We're going to close in worship today, and we're also going to eat afterwards, so stay for the potluck as well.